to the Books Talk podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. This program was recorded at the South Branch Library on June 30th, 2016. Members of the Just Desserts Mystery Discussion Group discuss mystery series they've recently read. Due to technical difficulties, the first few speakers were not recorded. Well, my series is a new series, and I actually chose this series not because I thought it was particularly good, memorable, or will I even give it a thumbs up. But I, I chose it for a whole different reason, and that is to show why mystery series are so amazing. And people that love mysteries are so amazing. And the reason for this is that the mystery genre is so flexible and so expandable. Raymond mentioned she loves genealogy. Uh, my brother-in-law did not mention that he has a passion for vinyl records and all collectibles, so he would love the one Scott mentioned. Okay, so here's all the tropes in one new series. This is the second one, Keeper of the Castle. The first one uh, was Murder on the House. Here are the various tropes in this series. Who's the author? Uh, Juliet Blackwell. It's a haunted home renovation mystery. The protagonist is a woman, uh, Mel Turner. She inherited a renovation, historical renovation construction company from her father. And when she went on her first job in the first book, it turns out that her other specialty is supernatural happenings. So in one book, we have the feminist theme of a woman in a man's world being an owner of a construction company who renovates historical properties in the San Francisco Bay Area that are haunted. Now, how many things can you put into one series? And it just shows a lot. Now, is it successful? I enjoyed it. I tend to like books that are narrated in the first person. I tend to like books that have a real fun sense of humor and a saucy, spirited heroine. And that is all contained. Is this a great mystery series? Probably not. I got it in the book nook at Walt. <laughs> so I don't know how popular it is. But I did enjoy it. So sort of a thumbs up, but also to show how amazing this genre is that we all love. I started out by reading The Last Mile also because... I am a great Valdacci fan, and I really enjoyed it. And one of the things I enjoyed most about it was the young football player and the questions that he asked that helped us to know Amos Decker better. Anyway, I felt kind of guilty about that because it wasn't anything new and different I wouldn't have read. So I checked out The Bread of the Dead by Ann Myers. And I found it because I went into the library, and on the shelf they had... Cinco de Mayhem, and it was her second book, and I thought, well, maybe I'll find the first book, and I did. And it's about a young woman with a daughter who is a cook in a Santa Fe cafe, and there, her neighbor is murdered, and she sets off to find the real uh, problem that got him murdered. Very good. Um, in the end, there were good recipes, which is kind of like Diana Mott Davidson does. There's some good recipes to share. Um, I liked the characters in the book. There was a good sense of humor, and the story moved quickly, which I think is fun. But uh, again, was it the best series ever? No, that was more like The Memory Man. But I think that it was good, and it was a fun read for the summer, and I would recommend it. Okay, I very seldom start the first book in a series. I jump kind of in the middle. Tracy drives her crazy. <laughs> and I did that with this book, this series. I'm going to talk about the author, Leif G.W. Person, 
has served as an advisor to the Swedish Ministry of Justice and is Sweden's most renowned psychological profiler. <clears throat> a professor at the Swedish National Police Board, he is considered the country's foremost expert on crime. The main characters, and Pat can identify with this, irascible, obdurate, and very thirsty <laughs> Detective Super, Superintendent Everett Backstrom of the National Murder Squad. A novel from the remaining main, reigning master of Scandinavian fiction, Backstrom has a combination of lazy, luck, and unbelievable sense of timing. He sets out to solve the crime as only he knows how by aggravating nearly everyone in the process. Oh, you know, buddy? Okay. The book I chose was Linda, as in the Linda murder. In the small town of Esso, B-A-X-J-O, a 20-year-old police cadet, Linda Wallen, <clears throat> is found in her mother's apartment brutally murdered and raped. Detective Superintendent Everett Backstrom and his team from the National Crime Unit head to the small town trying to find the killer. They are aided by the police in Backshill and within two hours he alienates everybody on the police force there. So they try to get him recalled but they can't because a new team doesn't come in in enough time. Well I'm going to tell you the rest of it. You have to read the book. All right, the novels that I read were actually for a book talk that I did at Bethany uh, a couple, three months ago. I'm sure everybody here knows the movies, but they may not have read the books. I did the books of DeShiel Hammett, uh, Red Harvest, The Dane Curse, The Maltese Falcon, The Glass Key, and The Thin Man. And kind of talked about those plus some other stuff. I read the latest novella by uh, Craig Johnson. I'm in the middle of his last novel. I guess is another novel that's coming in September. But really liked them. Uh, kind of surprising he wrote them you know, close to 100 years ago. And he serialized them, of course, in Black Mask, Dime Detective. Yeah. And I think there was another serial also that he serialized his novels in. And starting at the beginning working toward the end, you could see his progression as a dramatist in the, the novels. Red Harvest is pretty good setting up the, the story, going along. Then all of a sudden at the end, everybody dies. It's just every, everybody's dead. They're, they're going to die. Everybody gets shot up. The Dane Curse, rather interesting, but a bit too supernatural. He had a lot of ends going here, ends going there. Didn't sufficiently tie everything up. You could. I really got an idea that it was going to be a good story, but he never got there. Maltese Falcon was excellent, better than the movie. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, and the one line that I liked was in the novel, also in the movie. Bogey uh, said to Peter Lorre, "When you're slapped, you'll take it and like it." And he picks up Peter Lorre and pam, 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 <laughs> knocks him around. Uh, that, that's my favorite line from the from the book. That, that's good. Was, the novel was really awesome. The glass key was pretty good. And the Thin Man, the final one, kind of departure, he just went, it's not as humorous as the movie. So if you go into it thinking it's going to be as humorous as the movie, no dice, it's not going to work. But there are a few lines, Nick and Nora do have that repartee in the novel. Not so much as in the movie with William Powell and Myrna Loy. And there's actually one comment later in the novel I told a lady at Bethany, set it aside, I didn't mention it to all the ladies out there, that there's no way 
they're going to be able to say that line in the movie and get it through the censoring boards. Hmm. No way. No, I'll just leave it right there. And I'm surprised Hammer got through writing it and having it published. Mine is a new series um, by an author a lot of people are probably familiar with, Charlene Harris, who wrote the Sookie Stackhouse series. So if you liked that, um, you would probably like her new series. It's just kind of a light, fun um, series, and it's set in a little town in Texas at the crossroads of two roads. And that's kind of like it. One road goes that way, one road goes this way, and this little tiny town has built up around it. So it's just kind of a very small group of people, but it's a very eclectic group. And if you like the supernatural type, there's a witch who has a cat that can talk. There's, of course, a vampire there. There's, um, you know, some other guys that seem to have this mysterious power that you find out, you know, through the series who who they really are. Um, a psychic has just moved to town. Uh, and so then there's something, you know, going on in each of these books that they all kind of have to come together. Um, I think the third one, which I happen to be reading, when the email came out about finding a new series was there's a apparently at one time there was a demon that was um, locked down underground and had spells on him and was locked away for this long period of time and unfortunately he's waking up so this little kind of group around town has to come together and kind of find their way to know what to do to get him locked up tight and and so that he can't come out and destroy the world and um, it's just it's kind of fun it's kind of interesting to find out the secrets about the characters and and who they are and and what their background is so if you enjoyed her other books you'd probably enjoy this midnight texas novels and the first one is midnight crossroad so yeah thumbs up i enjoyed it um i read amanda flowers Um, one of her magical bookshop mysteries called Crime and Poetry, written in 2016. It's set in a small town of Cascade Springs near Niagara Falls, and it was charming and fun, not deep and probing. Grandma Daisy has a magic tree in the middle of her shop. Um, She has a black talking raven and a tuxedo cat, Uh, Books fly off the shelves to provide the clues. I mean, literally fly off the shelves. It was was a clever, cozy, and it was a fun read. So it's thumbs up. Not great literature, but interesting enough with enough characters and enough plot and enough twists to be okay. Okay. Well, I set out to find a good mystery that had something to do with libraries and librarians. I was not successful. (laughs) Um, The author was Jen McKinley, and the title was Read It and Weep, and a cozy milk toast is the word I used here. A librarian, her friend in the theater, community play, a murder, a twist, Okay, not great. <laughs> I said I'm going to give up on cozies unless they're highly, highly recommended. <laughs> like the one you just described sounds like fun. it might be fun. While I was reading this, I went and checked out another one. This was an author recommended in my other book group, J-U-S-S-I. You see? He's uh, Danish. 
Adler Olson. Yeah, good. Uh, Danish, Nordic, noir. Yeah. So I pick it up and I sit down and I read like the first three pages and I'm just going, wow. <laughs> and looked at it and looked at the first three pages of the other book and went, eh. <laughs> Again, I mean, just comparing the two in, in sentence structure, description, adjectives, you know, one draws you in, one just kind of tells you what's going on. And um, so think along the lines of the girl with the dragon tattoo. I would say this might even be a little bit more dark. The murders were pretty horrific. The um, characters, not very likable. A bunch of men who are very successful in their life, and one of their classmates, a girl, who ended up living on the street, and she came from a wealthy family, but was kind of put out on the street by her family. She lived on the street, and they're all tied in together into a series of murders, and this case comes up to the attention of the detectives mysteriously you know a folder appears on on the desk and he's going what's this and they start digging into it and finally in the end have the resolution but good but you got to have a stomach for it which one specifically did you read of that that one was um the absent one okay, okay so and i've said this author before but mj arledge still my favorite um, this is the first one in the series called Eeny Meeny. The fourth one just came out in June, and the fifth and sixth in the Helen Grace series will come out later this year. I just love Helen Grace as a character. She's um, very independent, very rugged, tough. She rides a motorcycle. She's a detective inspector in the south of England. Um, so she's very independent, not by the book. I don't know. Still my favorite series so far. Arledge? Yes. So Eeny Meeny, the first one, the, the serial killer actually abducts two people, and the two people are put to the test, and only one will come out alive. Ooh. So they have to pick. MJ Arledge. Okay. Um, I picked up the Grey Ghost Murders, and... What's interesting about that, it's the second one in the series, and it's by Keith McCafferty. A gray ghost is a fishing lure, and this fishing lure, and it takes place in Montana, and the fishing lure goes missing, and they hire this private detective. He kind of ran away to Montana, and he wasn't a private detective before, but he is now, and he's part-time fishing and hunting guide. And, of course, everybody's friends with the sheriff, who's a woman. And there's Native Americans in it who know how to trap and hunt. And they find these bodies that they figure somebody shot them because they were dying. And they probably, well, it twists and turns. But the whole thing, the whole thing twists around this whole thing of this fishing lure that's missing, the gray ghost fishing lure. And this fishing lure, I mean... I didn't know this, but fishing lures can be worth quite a lot of money, you know, like $40,000. And some of these guys that belong to this fishing club make their own lures, and they sell them, and they're very expensive if you make them well. I, I didn't know all of that. And also, I kind of like the location in Montana. 
And the characters in this are really, really interesting. They, one of the things it said on the book is that it was sort of like a Craig Johnson, you know, in, with um, Longmire. But the characters in this are a lot more quirky than Longmire's. They're just more quirky. But I, I, would, I would read another one. I, I really kind of, I enjoyed it. Okay, I sort of cheated and went back. This is the Nebraska Quotient and Moving Targets, which is his second book, is um, William J. Reynolds. His character is named Nebraska. He's a private investigator, part-time now. He's trying to write a novel, a mystery novel, and get it off the ground. He's semi-being a detective and semi-trying to write. So he does it, his detective thing when he runs out of money. And this story, the first story starts with he's trying to work on his book, which he hasn't published yet. And one night when it's really hot, and the one thing I loved about this series is his name is Nebraska, and it's set in Omaha. And, and um, he's actually talking about places I've seen and been, you know. And sometimes you pick up a novel like they're set in Boston. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but I've never been to Boston. So I like this. But the thing is that his former partner comes to his apartment on a very hot um, summer night, and he's, got a, he's been beaten up, he's been shot, and he falls through Nebraska's green door, who is trying to get a breeze to come in, which isn't. So the book is why the partner was murdered, and he finds this pictures of a local candidate's, well, he's a state, started out being in the unicameral, and he went on to Washington, and it's pictures of his daughter and compromising stuff, and so I like that. And then his next one is Moving Targets, and I looked on the computer here, and there's apparently two more that I haven't read yet, so... I would highly recommend this. And he's sort of like, they compare him to, well, Lynn Dalton. And then one that I sort of picked that, I'm a Star Trek fan. This was supposed to be a Star Trek mystery series. It's called The Case of the Colonist Corpse. And it's based on a character out of attorney in the Star Trek world and it's sort of like a Perry Mason mystery. Mm-hmm. You know that Sam's going to solve the case. It's just... I, I read that years ago. It is uh, if you like mysteries but you also like Star Trek, it's highly recommendable. Yeah, like it, yeah it I really like it. takes a little it. tiny niche of Star Trek and expands it um, and is <coughs> well written actually. So. Yeah. Uh, who was the author on that one? Um, this one is by Bob Ingersoll and Tony Isabella. Well, I didn't follow the rules because I went back to an old series that I had started years ago. Patricia Cornwell, the K. Scarpetta series. Um, And I'd read a lot of the first ones. And so I took one kind of out of the middle. It's the 15th in her K. Scarpetta series. And it's called The Book of the Dead. And um, she had changed her writing style in, in this part of the series, and I didn't care for it much. It's written in the third person, and 
rather than focusing on the murder and the mystery and all that, it was more about each of the characters. And she had moved to Savannah, Georgia to uh, start a new forensic lab and Bentley lives still in DC or whatever and there's still this on again off again thing with them and Lucy still being rebellious the niece and still real techy and great with computers and stuff the things she does and Pete Moreno lost his mind and it, things happen with him I don't know it was just it was really odd and very because I love Carnwell and I, I I was just so disappointed so hopefully she went back to her old style I'm going to go to the end now <laughs> the more recent books and see if I enjoy that more so I think I'm going to try like the newest one so so it's done. thumbs down thumbs down all right our first thumbs true thumbs down okay uh, I went back to mystery scene magazine I keep all of them that I have and this author actually began writing and publishing books in 2010 but it interested me when I read it so I went back and found it his name is Paul Dworn but it's spelled D-O-I-R-O-N and he writes a, a series about a main game warden Mike Bowditch and the first one is The Poacher's Son He's a very young game warden, grew up in Maine. His father, Jack, is one of the premier poachers, which is kind of ironic because he's a game warden. His father is a poacher. And it starts out uh, with his father being accused of murder, and Mike just does not believe it. And so he tries during this whole book to prove his father didn't do it, and Everybody else is against him and says his father did do it. And I'll leave it at that. You'll have to read it to find out. He's a very flawed character. He's got a hot temper. He is struggling to fit in in the world that he's chosen to be in. I liked the setting. It's a contemporary novel that's set in Maine. I don't know much about Maine, but now I want to go there. <laughs> and... Uh, check it all out, but uh, what I didn't realize is he, he writes about all of the, the poverty and lack of jobs and things in Maine and how the people up there struggle. And he is befriended by a retired game warden who's the, the pilot who flies all over Maine for the service still. And uh, I, I like the books, they were very fast paced. They're not long books. Um, I read this one, and then I read two more, and I would give it uh, a thumbs up. They're, they're easy to read, they're fast-paced, about two to three hundred pages. Kept my interest, so Excellent. I liked them. I second it. It's becoming one of my favorite series, too. And the setting in Maine is fabulous. Um, I read The Doll's House. Uh, by M.J. Arledge. I'm going to say a bit about him. <clears throat> he's British, and he's written, it says, uh, high drama for public television in, in Britain for the BBC. And he'd been in that for 15 years when he decided to write novels. His name is actually Matthew. Detective uh, Inspector Helen Grace is an extremely flawed character. 
It's set in Southampton. Uh, he's an excellent writer. Um, Southampton is grim. The serial killer is really grim, nasty man. And sometimes you're in his head, and I don't like that. Uh, I didn't really like Helen. I thought she was kind of grim. And when I got finished, I thought, I don't think I'll recommend this. But I kind of thought it's very well written. I will say that, very well written. And maybe, and the first three are all serial killers. I thought she was just going to be an expert in serial killing. But uh, this is one I picked up and thought, maybe I'll get to it. I haven't yet. But this is about a fire. Is the fire center a serial killer too? I have, I just picked it up because oh, it just okay. came out on the 6th. Okay, so I guess I, yeah. I, I can't do this for this. <laughs> I did yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the road, okay. Well, I'm limited to books on tape and I have to get the ones with the least amount of scratches. So it's hard to start with the first book. And um, I've just been introduced from my last first meeting here to the Harry, uh, or to Joe Nesbo, and uh, I don't think they're a series, they might be independent, but I listened to Blood on the Snow and Midnight Sun, and I really like the character development there. Uh, I think I'm gonna really like the series he has. And I also have uh, listened to a lot of Louise Penny. I think that I like everything about that, especially the location makes you wanna go to this non-existing place. And that's it. Okay, I think most of you will have heard of my author, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> you may think of him just as a tall basketball player. Uh, he has written some nonfiction, but he finally has strayed into fiction, being a mystery fan and a fan of Sherlock Holmes. He has written a book called Mycroft Holmes about Sherlock's older brother. Now, in this book, Mycroft is 20, about 23. He's never been out of the country. He's finished the university. He's got a fiance who I believe is from Trinidad, comes from a family of plantation owners out there. He's got a good friend, an older black man who's also from Trinidad, who owns a tobacco shop. And his brother Sherlock is still at the university, you know, and not really Sherlock yet. And he gets. His, girl, uh, his friend gets letters from home saying, young children are dying. They're being murdered. And everybody thinks it's demons or something. And his fiance finds out about this and rushes back there. And he tries to follow her. And once he and his friend get on the boat, they can't find her. Some mysterious things happen to them on the boat. And then everybody gets sick because it's very rough seas. And they arrive there and they have a mystery to uncover to try to figure out what is going on. And they figure out it is some people who are trying to maybe reintroduce slavery, you know, and taking advantage of people who are afraid to complain because they've already been a little bit complicit without maybe really understanding what they were getting into. And, uh, so Mycroft comes through some pretty tough times and toughens up a lot. You know, he was very smart, but maybe a little bit soft. I really enjoyed it, and I think if uh, Abdul Jabbar comes up with some more books in the Mycroft does it, does series. Does it feel like it was set up for a series, basically? Yes, yes, and I think he is going to write another one at least. So 
I thought he did a good job, and I enjoyed reading uh, My Croft Holmes by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I will say one time I saw him on a some kind of talk show or something, and he told a story where he said, you know, of course he's like seven foot tall, and somebody asked him, are you a basketball player? And he said, no, I'm an author. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I can do justice to this because it's been a while since I've read them now, so I don't remember a lot of the details. But I found a new series I really liked by an Irish author. Her last name is Crowley, C-R-O-W-L-E-Y, and her first name is Sinead, S-I-N-E-A-D. Um, both books came out in 2015. The first one was called Can Anybody Help Me? And the second one was called Are You Watching Me? And she has a third one scheduled to come out in April of 2017 that will be called One Bad Turn. Um, and I liked, I, I was trying to remember, I think it was written in the third person, but again, it's been a while since I've read them. But um, the author is a journalist who works for RTE, which is Ireland's national broadcaster. She's an incredible writer. And um, she picked Detective Sergeant Claire Boyle to be her, her protagonist. And in the first book, Can Anybody Help Me? She's approaching her maternity leave. The baby is almost due, it's her first child, and there's an adjustment going on as a back, back burner story between her and her husband when her husband and her doctor are trying to talk her into taking it easy um, and resting a little bit. And during one of the forced bed rests, she got caught up in a social network service that's aimed for mothers of new children and new babies who are feeling isolated and they can touch base with each other and ask each other questions. Well, unfortunately, one person that's on this social network is not who the individual pretends to be, and it turns into kind of a, a suspenseful domino situation where once this individual has pretended to be someone else, they can gain confidences and information about the other members, and um, people don't realize how vulnerable they're being with little bits of information they, they share about their lives. Um, and then in the second one, Are You Watching Me?, uh, there's at the very beginning there's a woman who is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who doesn't remember a lot of details of some years in her life and so she's very vulnerable about that and as she's um, volunteering for a men's community home a place where retired men can go and have someone to talk to and someone pours tea for them she starts receiving notes um, that someone is watching her and has become an admirer and she's she's very frightened and some some people find themselves in danger one thing i liked about both stories is the author makes very good use of red herrings um, without making it too obvious that that's a red herring and you start to think you've figured it out and she can send you on some twists and turns so i give the series a thumbs up thank you thank you Okay, I read The Cracked Spine by Paige Shelton. It's the first in a Scottish bookstore mystery. And Scotland and mysteries, I'll tell you what, nothing better. <laughs> the protagonist is let go at her job in Kansas, so she answers this ad for someone wanting adventure. Well, it is in Edinburgh, Scotland.
and after she talks to the owner of the bookstore on the phone for an hour, he hires her. So she goes over. It's a, a bookstore and a rare manuscript store. And the first day she's there, the owner's sister is murdered, and she, there is a missing Shakespearean manuscript, which her brother had entrusted to her. Um, there's some real quirk characters, but they're very, very lovable. <laughs> there was some Scottish history that I thought was real interesting. There's a little bit of romance. Uh, she falls in for this uh, pub bartender that looks real good in a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> and I give it a thumbs up. Excellent. What was the name of the Paige Shelton. And what was the name of the book? The Cracked Spine. That's out in hardback right now. Okay, I read Deadly Desires at Honey Church Hall by Hannah Dennison. <clears throat> it's the second book in the series, uh, the Honey Church Hall series. I decided to go with the second book because I thought, well, by this time maybe the author has a better feel for who the characters are and more developed and blah, blah, blah. It takes place in uh, England, uh, rural village. You've got your quirky characters. Our heroine, she used to have a TV show, so she's a minor celebrity, and she was into antiques and kind of this roadshow thing and helped people renovate their homes and so forth. Turns out her mother is an immensely successful uh, romance writer and doesn't want anybody to know this, so it's a big secret. And so you have all these reporters trying to figure out who this writer really is. Part of one of the mysteries going on, and of course there's murders all over town. <laughs> and you've got a bog, so you know somebody's going to turn up in the bog. <laughs> there's this high-speed train that some company wants to put through, but it's going to go through historic lands and so forth, so the village is all up in arms, and of course one of those guys involved with it is murdered. Initially, they were a little too quirky for me, and I didn't like them, and I thought... But we were going to be meeting the next day, and I had to finish my book. So, so I stuck with it. And I ended up finishing it four hours before we were supposed to meet. I was so excited. So, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs um, midway. But, yeah, I ended up liking it. And I'm going to go back and read the first one. And a, a third one's coming out, and I don't remember when. And so, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I ended up enjoying it. Okay. Paula. I was just going through the paperbacks. This isn't the book, but I was just going through the paperbacks uh, at the library, and I picked up the one that said new series, you know, great new series and all that. Um, I was reading a lot of cozies because I'd read a lot of books that, you know, he, he made us read, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I'm reading all of them. That's how we do this. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, he made some great suggestions, and we read a book, and so I got stuck on, uh, uh, I, I'm reading all of them. But anyway, it was written in 2015, or at least it came out then. Uh, it was called One Foot in the Grape by Charlene O'Neill, and it was about a woman who had been a photographer 
I think she was freelance, but she did have uh, some commitments and apparently got fired. And she, so she went back to her um, vineyard. Convenient, she had inherited a vineyard and it was being run by uh, some relatives and friends. She moved back from San Francisco and uh, the second one is ripe for murder. Um, and it's all about wine growing and uh, wine making and I don't drink at all. And so it didn't it didn't appeal to me that way. Also, I agree with Charlotte. First books are not always the best. They're they're introducing you to people and blah blah blah. And so I probably would give the second one a, a, a shot just to see, but I, I don't see this person being somebody that I like or admire. She's too much like me. <laughs> so, Thumbs down on the first one? Well, I would give it middle of the road. Middle of the road, yeah, because there were there was a lot of good to it. I was slightly surprised, but not really, uh, on who the murderer was, and yeah, so it didn't surprise me. Okay, we have ten minutes to get out of here. So thank you very much for doing another series. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Lincoln City Libraries. If you would like to comment on this or any of our podcasts, you can do so by visiting our podcast page at lincolnlibraries.org slash podcasts, where you can also download our podcasting theme music for use as your ringtone. You can become a fan of our podcasts by searching for Lincoln City Libraries Podcasts on Facebook.